welcome to the IT Teachers Podcast, where we put the A in tech. I'm Alicia. And I'm Haley. And today we're going to talk to you about our experience with the Google for Education Anywhere School. Really, really an incredible opportunity that we had on Tuesday, um, August 11th, Google for Education um, created this wonderful, wonderful conference. It was just this information, everything that they have been working on, updating apps for teachers, preparing not only teachers, but families and administration and the IT people, everybody. Um, they've been working around the clock to make sure that they have prepared all of their apps, all of their programs, so that educators have the easiest time that we can going back to school for hybrid, distance learning, whatever um, the case may be. But the interesting thing about the Anywhere School, and I was just talking to Haley and I said, how are you structuring your classroom? And she said, I said, well, is your desk to the right still? And she said, I don't have a desk, you know, and, and, and that's another interesting thing. And that's very much something that I'm learning from you to be able to teach from anywhere, you know, to be able to, you know, walk around the, the classroom. And so, um, so we're going to highlight some of the different things that we learned through this conference and kind of try to just debrief and sum up for you guys. It was a very long afternoon, but it went by very fast. Yeah, it did. So the conference was structured in an awesome way. Mm. Everything had, every speaker had a time slot and in between they gave you a little time to debrief and like think about what you were doing. Um, each speaker had a different way of obviously presenting their information, which was pretty cool. I mean, but that's really mm. what it would be like if you went to a conference. The only cool thing was we were able to sit by the pool and listen to everybody speak and we didn't have to, you know, run from room to room to make sure, we, right. oh, well, you know, this, this speaker's on at this time and this. So um, the platform that Google had was awesome. There was the screen in the middle where you could see the presenter. Mm -hmm. Some of them were screen sharing. Some of them were just speaking. Um, there was a Q&A option, so you could have a real-time chat with Google while the presentation was going on. There were links and information about each speaker underneath the video and then it would tell you on the right hand side who was coming up next so you had all this scheduling and questions and interactive stuff going on some of the presenters even had like a worksheet that you could fill out mm -hmm. while they were talking so it was like something that you might give to your students an organizer for listening so you know what's you know kind of the key points of the presentation it was yeah. really really well done yeah um, Google did not disappoint. No. The, the Google for Education uh, you know, team is just unbelievable. And, and one thing, Haley kept, we were, we were sitting poolside and we were just kind of listening and, you know, but we were taking notes and we found our, because we just, there was so much that we, we found to be so obviously so useful. And then um, there was, you could ask questions. And so the Twitter, you know, Haley was running back and forth to the computer to ask questions. And I said, just, just sit down and relax, but just, um, Google for Education encourages you to ask them, just, you know, and you were talking about that, touch on that. Yeah, so just very briefly, before we get into our common threads, things that we kept seeing pop up throughout this conference, regardless of the speaker, um, Google for Education came on and they asked, please 
for educators to give them suggestions, to ask them questions, to say, you know, I want this, I want to see this when I open up Google Docs, or can you add this to Google Classroom? They are looking for our input because they've done as much as they can, they're doing as much as they can, but you know, every time you give them a suggestion, they're really looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's, they're amping it up even more because we really need them to be there for us, and they are. So I think that's a really good idea just to keep in mind, if there's something you hope to see on Google Classroom, don't just hope. Send them a message and they'll get, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll look into it. They really will. Yeah. It's... So we'll get into some common threads, things okay. like that we saw, again, through each presenter. Everybody was saying kind of the, the same kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even sure that they talked about it with each other, which is yeah. kind of cool because it was just, these are things that are inherent to using technology in education or for education. So one thing that everybody was, t was talking about is the idea of problem-driven learning. So really, re and I think really the umbrella here, as, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking, is experience. Learning should be an experience, and so really providing students with a problem to solve um, a way to personalize that, the, the root of how they solve that problem, um, and give them things to think about, uh, work that is, you know, work that is, um, is thoughtful, work that is meaningful, work where students have to navigate through the learning and figure things out. Um, nothing is handed to us, nothing is just lectured, you know, everything needs to be critical, critical and thoughtful and you know and um problem driven and the idea of making those problems authentic is right. what is so important so you're looking in as a math teacher how can i make my students really want to engage in this we'll give them an authentic task to do give them a problem that they might really see in the real world mm -hmm. because then it's going to mean something to them um mm -hmm. and working through this giving them a problem it doesn't need to be i know i went to math it doesn't need to be math or science it mm -hmm. could be literature it could be history mm -hmm. you know when we're thinking of those humanities we're asking students to take action make change in some way give mm -hmm. the students you know a social problem and how mm -hmm. could how can they fix it what could they do um and so making those things real for the students are going to, is going to make them just that much more engaged. And, right. and before we keep going with our next idea, um, which is inquiry-based learning, the idea of making students have the ability to create mm -hmm. and giving them time and space to create is so important. And creativity was something else that was said and brought up by almost every presenter at this conference. And not only is it important for us to give space to the students to have time to create, but also for us to be creative. We mm -hmm. have to be innovative and creative and thoughtful in the way that we're introducing things to our students and, get, and providing them with tech. It's not just, here's a new tool, go and use it. Yeah. How can they use it? You kind of have to give them that roadmap that will lead them in any direction that they want. Right. So next, what? I just want to add in. Sure. Um, and again, your, your lessons should not be based on the tool. Your lessons should be based on the learning, learning first. Um, what 
what is the objective and how is the tool going to either you know engage enhance extend the learning what is the purpose of the tool so i just want to say one thing to kick off the conference we heard from sal khan from khan, khan academy mm -hmm. And he had a really cool analogy that I liked that stuck with me. He said, you know, we're all juggling. We're all juggling these balls, trying to keep everything in the air right now during a really difficult, during the pandemic. And so he said, you know, we're, we're going to drop a couple of balls. We can't keep everything in the air. And, you know, for our kids, he said, there might be a couple of, he said, glass balls. And so those might be mathematics, reading, and writing. So you have the math and you have the literacy and those are the important pieces that you need to make sure whether you're a parent at home whether you're a teacher admin uh, it those are the things that you really want to keep moving and keep uh you know keep constant with your students growth so let's just keep the focus on math and literacy but with the problem driven learning uh, you know giving the students a problem it could be a scientific problem. It could be dealing with uh, the growth of a tree or uh, you know plants or something like that, where you can really, in you know, infuse the literacy and math within the whole problem-based uh, assessment. All right. Absolutely. We'll segue into another uh, key idea that was was uh, co uh, consistent throughout the whole. Right, so another common thread, which really goes hand-in-hand hand with that problem-driven learning, which they were referring to as PDL, mm -hmm. um, is the inquiry-based learning. And this is almost the same thing. So the idea that we want our students to be thinking, creative, and asking them questions that will draw out more questions mm -hmm. sometimes is the way that they learn best. So the whole idea of the Socratic method. And that has to be kind of in the forefront of what we're doing always asking why we mm -hmm. need to start with start with the why yeah. and our students are very always very quick to say well why do i need to know this and the whole the whole premise behind inquiry based learning is we're going to find out why let's find out why you know and yeah. like make it this this Exp this awesome experience yeah um and a really great way to do that is to offer students this question, this inquiry, right? Having them think about what's going on around them, doing the whole problem, give them a problem, let them find out why. And then as they're doing it, the third common thread that we really saw strongly presented was the idea of voice and choice. So mm -hmm. you're allowing students to decide their mode of transportation to figure out the problem or ask the next question mm -hmm. and that could look like whatever it might look like whatever you can offer your students they're going to take they're going to take hold of things that are working better for them the nice thing about the conference was that uh, there there were so many teachers giving so many examples and we're not going to get into too many specifics but we are going to link up um, some of some of the really great resources that we found um, but voice and choice really really important if you have a problem and going back to the problem-based learning you have this huge issue uh, you know with 
perhaps a, a planet or something like that. And so you give your students the room to navigate their own perspective and then they have more, you know, they are more engaged, they have more ownership over this and they feel like it's theirs and it's more personalized to them. If they can choose whether or not they're going to present using a Prezi or a slideshow or maybe they're going to do something else, create a video. So really giving them the options. It doesn't have to be one tool for this particular thing. It could be, okay, figure out how you're gonna express yourself here. You know, let them be the innovators that they are. And inquiry-based learning, when I first started teaching, that was that was that was huge. That was the, the focus was, you know, let's read this, ask questions, let the students kind of um, drive the discussion. So I think many of us are, are so comfortable with in inquiry-based learning and, and that, in that question, you know, constant probing of questions. You know, those of us that have toddlers are used to it as well. What's this? Wow, how does this work? So um, we're on the second Why for Kids book. Oh, all right. So one more thing that was common uh, is the idea of taking the students on a journey. And you're taking your students throughout the year, throughout the unit, throughout the semester, whatever the case may be, on a journey through their education. And how can you get them from the starting point to the end point? Is there an, hopefully the, the whole idea is that there isn't an end point, that they want to keep learning and learning. Um, but one of the speakers was talking about this journey as far as learning and as it relates to inquiry-based learning and problem-driven learning and they made a really good point that with technology you have so many options to have students focus on the process mm -hmm. rather than the product mm -hmm. and yes technology offers us great ways to to have a bunch of different student products, products. right right of course but the idea is, what is the process? How do they get there? How do they get better? It shouldn't just be uh, the tech for the end of the, the tech in this unit is the end of unit where you're gonna compile a slideshow. But right. that can't be it. There's so much more to the process, right? And there's so mm -hmm. much more that technology can afford the students and ourselves as educators. So one really good thing that I just wanted, or one kind of like tidbit mm -hmm. from that, the idea of the journey, learning as a journey, um, was looking at learning as a more holistic kind of thing. And the ability for us to give feedback to our students in so many different ways using technology is huge. Mm -hmm. We looked the other day on our podcast at mm -hmm. VoiceThread, right? Yep. You can give instant voice comments, video comments. You can do, of course, print comments with um, a Google Doc comment mm -hmm. feature. There's so many ways that you can give feedback along the way, along the journey. Mm -hmm. And this one presenter said, having a, a feedback document mm -hmm. for all of the informative, or informative, excuse me, um, informal or mm -hmm. formative assessments along the way that lead up to that summative mm -hmm. throughout a unit would be so awesome. So yeah. the students can see how they're doing, right? You can ask them questions, you can ask them guiding questions, you can give them feedback, formal feedback, and they have it all in one spot instead mm -hmm. of all of your writing on right. a million papers and they're trying to shuffle through and how right. does this all line up? Well. Think about the structure of your end product or what you really want the, the students to learn. Mm -hmm. 
And maybe you set up a feedback document that has like the skill, maybe it's organized through the different skills that you want them to learn or, you know, just what is whatever the focus is and you can give them feedback as they're going through. I mean, I just thought that was such a cool idea to have all of it in one spot. And that, that's the thing too, I, I always kept, well, a, a physical sheet in their writing folder where we would kind of look, okay, well, we scored this and then this is what I have to work on. So keeping, right. um, you know, I think of like a digital portfolio or using Google Sites to kind of piece everything together um, and keep it in one place because you're right, it's about the process, not the product. Oh, great, we have this slideshow, what are we gonna do with it now? We want students to reflect on how they can grow and what they need to do to get better, the growth mindset. And so that's very important. Um, And so, you know, that's part of part of we need to have a philosophy that learning is a journey and you know and so if you're solving a problem you know how does that journey look and then let's reflect back and even stop and maybe change gears halfway through okay maybe i don't want to go this way you know so really let the students think about that you know that that metacognition piece where they're thinking about their thinking right um and Another common thread that lends itself to this is the idea of scaffolding. Mm -hmm. It's our job to scaffold so that the students can work through this journey Mm -hmm. and they have all the tools that they need. So is the first project you do in a year going to be a huge blowout of all this tech? No, you're going to start small and you're going to give the students tools that they can access and then you're going to maybe add a little bit more and a little bit more, especially if you're a teacher who's going 100% back right away with just distance learning. Mm -hmm. You have to start slow and you have to make sure that you're using technology purposefully and scaffolding that stuff for your students so they're not getting frustrated with the tech. That's not the purpose of tech. Tech should be a tool to help the students learn. It should not be, you know, an obstacle for them to overcome in order to get their learning. Um, And so again, one more thread is learning first. Always. Liz. This is our, you know, this is our girl, Liz Liz Cole. Cole. (laughs) If you don't have this book and you're, you know, not, you're, this is a great book to that will help you think about technology in the way that we are, Due to this pandemic, we are, have been thrown into this situation, and really, there are many schools that have been seamlessly, wonderfully integrating the technology, but there are many schools that now need to jump into this, and you, they need guidance on how, how do I do this? What do I do? How, what, what am I doing with this technology? There's endless, endless, endless amounts of technology that can just give you a presentation or just give you a video and so how do you navigate through this and how do you well first you focus on what your objective is and then you need to think what is this technology doing for the lesson is it engaging extending enhancing and those are really that's the triple e framework we have that um, framework available on our website it's it can get very uh, kind of hairy on there and stuff but we highly recommend just really thinking sticking to the learning and going back again we're going back to the basics scaffolding that's something basic that all teachers should be doing naturally you know breaking it up especially for the differentiated differentiated instruction in our in our different SRBI students and whatnot so this is all natural natural stuff you know that that awful word that I'm sorry for those of you that love the word, but I hate the word organic and hate is a strong word, but 
you know, that word was said so many times over the last 10 years, but it, it's about learning. It's about, you know, just natural, natural learning. Get these kids interested, get them off of these mindless things and get their brains engaged. Okay. Back Absolutely. To the, back to the focus. Um, we have the last common thread that we found is the idea of accessibility. And UDL. All of the speakers were talking about accessibility, what they're doing with their different programs to make learning accessible to every student. And there was a bunch of different things that they were doing, a lot of stuff. Um, with language, which we thought was pretty cool, which we'll touch on mm -hmm. as we uh, go through the rest of the podcast. Um, and so just to know, just so you know, people, the people that are working on this stuff in the back rooms and, you know, behind the scenes, they're, they're really trying to make this stuff accessible. So you can check out that stuff on our website or it's at the Google for Education Anywhere School and they'll show you all the different accessibility stuff. All right, so we're gonna get into it now. We sure are. Okay. Um, Google for Education were, were some of the first speakers at the mm -hmm. Anywhere School Conference, and they started to talk about some new things that they were bringing to the table. One thing is, they talked about, their Smart Compose. So if you've noticed, and if you're a Gmail user, you've probably noticed that if you start to type an email, compose an email, and you start with, Good, it will start, it will end with morning comma, <laughs> right? And you're like, well, I didn't even, but that is what I wanted to say. And how did you know? Well, they have Google Smart Compose mm -hmm. for Gmail, but now they also have it for Google Docs. Mm -hmm. So part of the accessibility for students is that Smart Compose for students who are struggling writers or readers, they have options in front of them. They might not want to say morning, maybe they want to say evening, but the option is there. And it shows them there should be a comma after, right? So there's some right. good stuff that comes from this. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that they're um, adding or that they've added is autocorrect. Mm -hmm. So when you're using Google Docs, it will underline something if it's incorrect and it will ask you, do you want this or do you want that? Uh, now it's just going to do it for you. Right. But and what you're happy about? What I'm happy about is that they can be shut off. <laughs> is that weird? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I we have, you know, there are students that certainly need, can probably use the Smart Compose, but sometimes, you know, I'll be typing something and then it, it'll, uh, you know, put words into my mouth. And sometimes that's a good thing because I can't, I can't think of what I want to say. But administrators, you can turn off Smart Compose and autocorrect. Yes, they can be turned off. So, um, you know, I noticed the kids would always have squiggly lines underneath and they never would just right click and, and select the right, you know, it's so easy, but they are growing up this is almost like white noise to them sometimes and yeah. you know some i i want them to go back and see uh you know the fixes but again we're we're in this kind of in between uh you know place where we kind of have to let go of the old yes some absolutely. of the old some of the old yes some of the old uh, we have to keep the foundations but some of the old can go one of the speakers before we get to the next thing that's pretty cool that they added on google um one of the speakers said you know there was a time when we had to move from tablet stone right and chisel to paper mm -hmm. and ink yeah and then there was a time when we had to move from paper and ink to computers mm -hmm. or typewriters right and then now we're on computers so and this, things you know, are changing and it's okay. Like, 
it's okay change to is good the chisel yes. and the stone yes. it's okay it's all right well we weren't around then but um <laughs> but we and, and that's the thing Haley and 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 myself with the two of us we have you know playing sports I remember making highlight videos using the VHS and then the DVDs and moving through that and working through it and spending days I'm not even going to say hours you know signing on to AOL so as tech the 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 IT uh, girls here you know we have your back we get it but we also really have worked through so much over the last 20 years that's just unbelievable and so to think about teaching in this new light where listen we may not be living you know hopeful we're, we're hoping for a vaccine you know eventually but this is we're always going to have this hybrid um learning and this and this this technology that we have to embrace we have to embrace the change you know and say oh my god i can do this i can enhance my teaching i've been doing this for years and now look at look at what i can do look at what the students can do it's not what we can do it's what our students can do that's true true the next cool thing that this is your like, thing the next awesome thing i said cool <laughs> i meant awesome uh tool that google came up with is in text citations on google docs Woohoo. oh please this is awesome i'm so excited so it will you know do the in-text citations on google docs and then at the end, when the students are done, it will compose their bibliography or their work cited for them, which I think is awesome because right. we're always going to like third-party sources. Um, Bib, yeah. And there's a right. bunch of different ones. I'm sure you're familiar with them. There's a few that my students use regularly, but then it's like exporting and importing, and it's just one more thing that they have to do that's mm -hmm. taking away from making a bibliography. And I know we used to have to look up how to do it right. and write it out, but again, what's important for our students to be able to do and what isn't, right? So what's gonna be taking up time that they could be getting more feedback from us if it's they need to um, just do a one click instead of 10 clicks, I think that's a good time saver right there. Okay. Another tool that the Google for Education people talked about and their improvements, their enhancements that they've been making um, is Google Classroom. So Google Classroom for a lot of people is a learning management system light. So it's like uh, a Coke Zero or something. So it has a lot of capabilities, but it has you know some things missing. So mm -hmm. one thing that um, they're adding to Google Classroom this year is, or they boosted up, is their originality report. So you can now have five originality reports generated per course per year, and the originality report is now going to go above and beyond in that mm -hmm. it will not only search the internet for anything that has been copied mm -hmm. or used uh, by students without giving credit, but it will also look in network as well. So you can now save your time and energy uh, emailing your colleagues and saying, hey, did Johnny hand this in? Because this doesn't look like Sarah's work and I know that they've been dating recently and do you think you could just pull <laughs> up the thing from last quarter when mm -hmm. you did it with... 
because I know I spend a lot of time doing that and I mm -hmm. think that this might cut down on that, especially if the students know um, that it's going to be that much harder for them to use another student's ideas. Mm -hmm. So the originality report is something that Google is adding to their Google Classroom options and I think that that's pretty cool. Um, right now it's only for Google Docs, but they're working on it to be used in Google Slides as well. Yeah, for October, I think they had, they, there are a few things that are in the works that they let us know that will be available in October, but definitely that's neat because it's, you know, um, there are many um, English departments I know in history that use different plagiarism tools and, and pay for them. So right. this, is, this is a great, and you know, having the ability to do five for, per course is wonderful. Yes. So that's, that's a great thing. A new um, to-do widget is in classroom for the students view so they can really see what they have to do, what tasks they have. And with that being said, for the teachers, Google Assignments. I, I think there's an app called Assignments. Yes. I did see that. They're, they're, they've added to the app the Assignments portion of Google Classroom. And I think what they're doing is they're making it available for you even if you don't use Google Classroom as your learning management system that you can use separately Google Assignments. So if your school is not a Google school perhaps mm -hmm. or you're not using Google Classroom regularly, you can use Google Assignments uh, as its own app. That's what it sounded like to me, but we have to take a look at, a deeper look into that. Right, but so essentially you have an app called Assignments where you can see all of your assignments and they're organized. Um, they're changing up the dashboard as well um, for administrators, you know, like, like Haley said, just so that it, it's easy, the, the information is easier to access. And oh, Google Cloud, everything is just, and I'm not looking at the slides and it's just kind of going in the right direction here. So good job, Haley. <laughs> um, just let me say one more thing. Sure. Um, Google Classroom, so they have the to-do list and there are some different, because obviously Classroom and then you have Meet kind of joining here. Meet has some, you have a slide on that, right? Yeah, we're gonna be okay. talking about Meet. All right, okay. so let's talk about administrators. Just very quickly, um, I think that a need that arose through our distance learning last year in the spring um, is, being able to observe and view as an administrator, they can't just walk into our classrooms anymore. We're home, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, and I know our administrators, instructional leaders asked to be added to our classrooms, but I think that wasn't really the best way to kind of get an overview of everyone's, of all the teachers and the students because you're getting bombarded with emails and assignments and all of that. So Google, thought ahead and they've created this very much um, easier to use platform for administrators so they can see things like engagement of teachers and students so how often are you posting what kinds of things are the students actually clicking on um, and all that data is going to be available for administrators in a um, their own dash dashboard so if you're an administrator and you're listening uh, Google has thought of you too so <laughs> get on there and figure out what kinds of stuff you can do. I know what I was going to say before because I blanked, um, blanked out, but what I was going to say was, I know I was talking to a few administrators and some people are 100% a Google Classroom or Google Suite, but then I know there are some um, towns in, or cities in Connecticut where, and I'm sure elsewhere, 
you have still a Microsoft and Google kind of happening where you're using Outlook, but then you're right. using, you know, so even if you're dealing with that, a nice thing that we learned as well is that Google Classroom, when you put in the grades, they're going, they're making it so that you can easily put the grades into PowerSchool. So you don't have to enter the information twice. So whatever your SIS system is, um, the grades will go in. So that's even great for the feedback because in Google Classroom, you can write the comments and, and give that, use that as your tool to grade and give comments and then export it or put it naturally into PowerSchool or whatever system you use. Right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, we had another speaker come and talk to us at the conference about Google Chrome OS. And you know what's so funny is I said come and talk to us. I, it, when you're in these <laughs> kinds of experiences, the way that my brain remembers it, as it's like as if I had this man like in my living room. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And it's pretty cool because I feel like he did. He came and talked to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. But in any, in any case, he talked about Google Chrome OS and just briefly about the things that you know, are so awesome and, and kind of unique to the, the Chrome operating system, yeah. which has now been, it's now been, it's eight years of automatic updates, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So you're not, you know. Don't underestimate the Chromebook. Chrome the Chromebook is awesome. Oh, yeah, and, Chrome. um, and every six weeks it automatically updates. So you don't have to take time, it just does it by itself. And you don't have to make the decision, oh, should I do this update? Because is it going to make everything else up, you know, outdated? And right. how long is this going to take? If I start this process, is it going to be six hours, 10 hours overnight? You know, it just does it for you. And it's quick. It's every six weeks. And you know you're going to have the latest and greatest from Google. Awesome. Uh, he also talked about <laughs> he also talked about the Google App Hub, which is as a service that Google for Education has created, and it asks for idea sparks from educators. So oh, yeah, that's it's such cool. a yeah. great place, all in one place. All these ideas about how to use the different Google apps. Uh, as an educator, if you check that out, you will be amazed at what is offered. We're not going to get too deep into it, but whoa. Yeah, and I'm not going to make you use the bell right now. We got a, we have a new tool, and if, if <laughs> Alicia tool. gets off topic, we're going <laughs> to ding me. Um, so listen, tell people how they can get to that, because when we got to that page and we could see the ideas and, and it's called idea spark so when you see what people are doing it's just right. it's just an awesome awesome environment to, to so how do we get there it's uh, the Google for education you can just search Google app hub and okay. yeah when you look at there for the sparks you'll see lesson plans but it's more than lesson plans the teachers have uploaded you know background information like the overviews they've created yeah. possible you know issues you might encounter they have exa student examples and exemplars yeah. and you know videos of the students working through the problems and it's just amazing stuff that educators around the country and the world have done yeah it, I, I awesome. was shocked when you showed me that and the whole lesson objectives this that oh, tools yeah. links you, you know it, it was really really cool really worthwhile to visit that so don't forget about Google App Hub. Or else we'll hit the bell. <laughs> uh, Google Meet, Alicia, you're all excited about Google Meet. I am very excited about Google Meet. Um, and so some of the new features uh, were that you could have more squares. So you can have up to, I think, 49 people, I think it was. Yeah, 49. Um, 
And what I really thought was cool too was that they were they are using Jamboard as a whiteboard. So those of you that are 100% distant learning, hybrid learning, whatever, you have your whiteboard there where you can write on it. You can write on it in the middle of a lesson, um, you know, which was kind of actually how we were talking about VoiceThread and how you can do that. But this is so this is really Google is really allowing all the tools to just be woven through seamlessly using. Um, links instead of that code. I know I will, I'll write the code on my board and then, you know, someone will, is that an L, a lowercase L or a right, one? And right. it's, you know, and then what happens is then you have students switching and who needs what code you want to get that code out right away. So day one, your, your rosters are going to change vastly probably, you know, especially now. So there's a link. You can post the link, email the link out to parents or whatnot. So that's kind For of Google neat. classroom. Right, for your Google Classroom okay. to, to sign in. And um, Google Meet, of course, at the end of last year, Google Meet integrated with Google Classroom. So each Google Classroom got its own Google Meet link, which is right in the header of the Google Classroom, and students and whoever wants to look at your, or join your, your Google Meet can just click that link and you're in the Meet, which, mm -hmm. is, which is pretty cool. Um, next before you oh. oh yeah families google hang on we're gonna get to i just want to okay. say one more thing um also in october something else that's going to come uh is that they want to give privacy to the background so they're going to be able to right. do a little bit more with that maybe blur the background or you know put put out just a white right. you know something so that'll be neat too because you know right all right cool google meet they're doing a lot of cool things to it so that's the whole the the main idea is they are helping create a better environment for you, make it easier for you as an educator and for the students because they might not feel comfortable showing their faces, not because of their face, but because of what's behind them. Right. And right. so, yes, like you said, right. they're they're blurring out the backgrounds. They're they're adding a lot of different offerings to Google Meet. So one more thing, I know Haley. Oh, it's important though. All right, fine. This one is more the thing. eject <laughs> thing. You're gonna eject me here. Okay. So, oh yeah. All right. So this is important. And this is the thing: is there there are so many changes that, that these Google this team is just so thoughtful with everything. So when you are. Um, bringing students into the classroom, into the virtual classroom, Google, uh, you have the ability to eject someone and now they can't come back. So they, they won't be able to just join right back in. If you have an issue, obviously administration can see that on their dashboard, but you can eject people. And then also you can dismiss the whole class at once. So you don't have lingering, you know, uh, conversations happening where, you know, students might say something or you know, right. give them any, any wiggle room. Google is cracking down on the discipline. All right. So check out new stuff uh, going on with Google Meet and stuff that will continue to be up upgraded. So another big part of the Google for Education's push was to let us know that they are absolutely 100% in agreement that families, guardians, home life is very important. It's hugely uh, important for students to have support at home. And it's the glue. It's That's the, the glue. title of our podcast yes. today. Google's the glue, but you know, families, guardians, we need you. And for that reason, Google has is trying to make it easier for families to support their students. I know that a lot of the times, um, you know, students will say, ah, I don't understand how to do this, but then the parent doesn't understand either. And 
so what Google is doing is trying to support families and guardians and helping support their students. So one really cool app yeah. or oh, this is program beyond. that Google talked about in this Anywhere School conference is Google Lens. So Alicia, you want to talk about Google Lens? Well, Google Lens is the coolest thing because you have there it's you can take essentially you can take a picture of something. It could be a math problem and Google Lens will then show you how to solve the problem and allow you to pick are you using the pythagorean theorem or this other method you know so what is your teacher trying to you know what is the process um, google lens will allow you to take a picture of just about anything and look it up so you can take a picture of a leaf or a tree or you can a flower um, identify an animal and it's just unbelievable um, what the capabilities are and what they have offered as far as support for uh, families and guardians. So Google Lens is part of the tech toolkit for families and guardians. Now on our website, uh, we, we will have a link to, um, to this support. There's actually a PDF from Google for Education with links, including a Google Terms glossary. Um, you know, sometimes parents may not be familiar with all of the different Google for Education tools it, it's just like being in a classroom you know i, I you don't expect the, your parents on par back to school night to know where the pencil sharpener is so you know they need they need to learn so that's why we have these these things also there's a page tech faq usually when you see that you just ignore it because you think it's just you know basic stuff that you don't need but i'm telling you the support and the and the how to's and the information that google has everything is just so useful so on our link, we also have an email template that Google for Education has made for you teachers to just attach when you send home a, a, an email at the beginning of the year. Right. Here is support. Please look at this. Please read through. Um, you know, again, we have to be mindful of the cultural, the diversity, the, the, the world that we're living in, and Google has done that for us. You know, they have just alleviated so much of the anxiety and stress. Uh, before Haley hits the button on me, I'll go back to you. You were getting close there. I know, I, know right. I was getting out, so, of, out right. of control. So the thing that I really do like about Google and what they're trying to do is throughout everything, it's saving us time, and as educators, there's just never enough time. So having this template instead of you having to think oh what am i going to tell my my parents they're going to tell they're going to tell them 99% of what they need to, what you need to tell them um, if you use that template so we'll, yeah. we'll put that on our website otherwise you can go to the google for education and right. search for the families portion um, so google lens is a great tool if you're home you want to help your students um, or your parents help help your students uh, everybody help everybody yeah google lens uh, Google search. We can't forget about Google search as a tool as right. well. So you can type, you can, students can type in their math problems mm -hmm. into the search bar and it will help them. It won't just give them the answer. It will also give them how to work through the problem, which mm -hmm. is so, so important. And we talked about like maybe um, something that a parent could do is, mm -hmm. you know, they have the student's worksheet there mm -hmm. and the parent can Google search it and then help the student mm -hmm. through without giving them the answers, right? right. They say, oh, maybe, you know, and they could, as a parent, you might not know how to work through it, but Google does. So you can take a look at the screen and figure out how to help the student while they're working at home. 
So I'm actually going to show you right now for, your for the viewers a screenshot of um, when we Google Pythagorean theorem, uh, what comes up. And so you can take a look at this, um, you know, you Google it too and, ch and check it out. But yeah. anything, Google anything, it's just unbelievable the information that's on there and the, um, and the ability, the, what we have. Yeah, so they want to just to remind you not to forget to use Google search as a tool. Mm -hmm. It seems like the most basic thing, mm -hmm. but it's, <laughs> it's, it's the glue. Yeah, yeah, it is. And when we were listening to it, I remember Haley looked at me and I said, they're talking about searching. You know, it's like, that's a tool. Inquiry-based search. Yeah. I want to know this. What yes. does this mean? Yes. Inquiry-based. It's just why, why, yep. why, how, how, how. Inquiry. All right, next. For families. Oh, this is the this is so cool. And so um, we had alluded to this back in a, a couple podcasts ago with the um, with viewing in, in um, virtual reality, um, augmented reality, and so on. It, this needs to be on your mobile device. And so on your mobile device, what Google is trying to do is take the concepts of the STEM concepts of the human body, of atoms, of things that are really, really hard to dig into and see and, and, and these, these things that are not tangible um, and really put them right in front of you, put them right in front of these kids. I mean, it's funny, oh, I, okay. I was reading the human body book to my, to my four-year-old and she, <laughs> and she wants to get in. She's, I wanna see more like inside the body, so I'm, so I'm gonna take a look at this. Um, I've just messed around with the animals so far, but, but it's just really, really cool. Um, some of the some of the stuff that you can do with the AR VR, um, especially at home, to extend the learning. Right. So, again, if you don't, if you're a parent who's struggling with, I don't understand the molecular bonds. Well, you can look it up too, and then mm -hmm. it, if they have that augmented reality of a molecular bond where it comes, you know, in and has almost like three D. Even with your Chromebook, you can. It's pretty. Looks pretty 3D even on your Chromebook mm -hmm. screen. So you don't even necessarily need those goggles, even mm -hmm. though those goggles are kind of getting less and less expensive. But um, to as a family to be able to support your students, check out the options for AR and VR from Google, and it might really help you help your students. Yeah. It's it's really um, it's really really awesome the support that Google has given educators and really hopefully you have a strong IT department that is working I'm sure they're working around the clock um, but it's it's what we need to really do is dig into the curriculum dig into the objectives and the lessons that we're teaching and figure out how we can enhance these lessons and how we can really really pull pull using this um, you know using this inquiry based idea where engage the students give them give them problems give them problems where they need to come up with a solution it's okay. students are so incredible that they'll shock you with what they do you know give them that opportunity see what they can do see what they say let them talk give um, them a voice and yeah. some choice yeah. a voice and some do. choice let them run with it so Basically, if you have any other questions about the Google Anywhere School, the Google for Education Anywhere School, you can check out our website, the IT Teachers, um, which is linked right up there. You can always email us if you feel so inclined at theiteachers at gmail.com, or you can check out our YouTube channel, The It Teachers. I'm going to do one more thing, a little tidbit, quick, quick. Um, when you are 
uh, teaching, when you're in Google Meet and you're teaching, if you have bilingual students, ELL learners, okay, um, you, they have the ability, I think there's about 10 languages now, this is another new feature, when you are talking, it will translate, I believe, into a closed caption. It should be into the closed captions, right? It's in real time, so for your Spanish speakers, um, Italian speakers, anybody, um, ha use that feature, okay? It's unbelievable, and then also, um, read along, <laughs> read along, look at the app. It's, um, it's connected reading books to young youngsters, any elementary people, um, look up read along and Socratic for you math people. We'll have more. All right. And we're gonna, we're gonna take a, take a hike. Yeah. All we right. Gotta let these people get online and check some stuff out. All right. Again, we're giving you something to do. <laughs> get on Google, go to our website. If you don't know where to start. And we appreciate you listening to us. We are the IT teachers, the IT teachers, where we put the A in tech. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us today. Good luck. Have fun. And we're here for you.